What is up, kangaroo chasers? And if you're a new listener, welcome. We've got a few of those over the last couple of weeks. And uh, if you are pretty new, I recommend checking out the back catalogue, finding some other eps that may interest you. I recommend number 87, The Power of Together, which was my third chat with Rugby League World Cup 2021 boss, John Dutton. Uh, if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Thanks for the support. Uh, and what a cracker we have for you today. It's a little bit different. I'm very excited. Big T, he sits down with the player agent working on getting Cameroonian players into the NRL pathways, amongst other things as well. It's an absolute cracker. So sit tight. Let's do it. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 107 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. kangaroo chase as well we've had a great couple of episodes um and it's been reflecting in in the listener numbers and all the feedback you guys have been giving us uh on the social so thank you for that but i've got to say there's been a little piece of my heart missing the last couple of weeks uh maybe a big piece of my heart actually and it's a a big tiger shaped piece of my heart has been missing (laughs) but he's back for golden points it feels like an age sir welcome back biggest tiger yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, we were ships in the night. I kept, uh, I kept one week I'd hear you talking, and then the next week I'd hear me talking, and we were just never there talking at the same time. So I'm glad we're uh, we're back together finally. But also, I thought maybe it was you were just waiting for the dragons to finally get up one weekend, and then you'd be happy enough to come and talk to uh, talk to me again. That's what it is, you know, because it's not. It's very rare that St George are going to be on top of anyone on the table. So I think what have we got? We've got one win. Tigers have zero wins. So I'm happy to speak to happy to speak to you, Manly fans, Doggies fans. Yeah, happy uh, to speak to all of them this week. Well, uh, Zach Lomax is great. I'm really glad Ben Hunt's playing well at the moment as well. I wish them all the luck in the world, mate. See, you can't. That's the thing about you. Even if your team's not doing well, and or if my team's doing better than your team, I can't brag. You're just too nice. You don't. You're not. You're. It's. And I reckon that's your. That's your secret weapon. Like, I reckon that's why you're so nice to everyone. And, uh, you know, when the Tigers come out and win a, win a massive grand final and kick everyone's ass, you're going to come out and show your true colours, maybe. It, it will be an incredible <laughs> time again. I can't believe. Uh, just, talk, just talking about it's making me, reminding me of the living room I was in watching that game. It was great. Oh, five. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Well, mate, it's going to be, we're going to do some golden points together tonight, which is exciting because we haven't actually had golden points for a couple of weeks. And there's, there's a lot have built up. So, like, we could do this for two hours, this segment. Like, we <laughs> yeah. really could. There's so much stuff. We're not going to talk about everything that we've missed over the last few weeks. There's, like, some really cool stuff like uh, Ireland Rugby League announcing their women's domestic comp, Scotland Rugby League announcing uh, their disability competition as well with four clubs. Um, there's been heaps of great stuff out there happening. We're not going to talk about everything over the last three weeks, 
but there's a few things that are a bit more recent that we will talk about. And um, you got to you got to tell me more about the Brazil stuff because the Brazil clothes that the Chasing Ruse has been doing looks so rad. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, yeah. Well, look, Chasing as you guys know, ChasingRuse.com. It's coming. Uh, it's not the CCCRL, but it's ChasingRuse.com. It's coming, <laughs> and we are working hard behind the scenes. Almost done. Uh, just peek behind the curtain. I've got final revisions to our developers. Uh, so website will be coming very soon. But we decided to drop some Brazil merchandise last week because uh, Rob Bergen brought it back into the country with him and we're ready to sell. So I'm proud to say, like, I wasn't sure how things would go. It's the first time I've dropped or we've dropped merchandise as Chasing Roos. And um, we like a few sizes have sold out. It sold better than I expected uh, in the way we did it. So it was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, pretty cool to be, you know, getting your interest uh, before the website's even launched. That's awesome. So we'll probably look out for it, guys. There's still some Brazil stuff left. If you're keen, send me a DM at Chasing Ruse on any of the channels um, or Chasing Ruse Pod on 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 Twitter, sorry, as well. Um, but we'll, we'll probably drop something else this week. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but look out on the socials mid to end of this week and we'll drop some more merch and, um, yeah, get onto it quickly because, yeah, apparently it sells out quickly. So it's pretty cool. Um, I also love, you referred to the... Uh new listeners in your intro and they wouldn't realize how full circle you've come. But anyone who's been hanging around uh, for as long as I have would know that Rob Bergen one stage is, you know, an, an incredible get an incredible interview, a great episode. And now he's just like one of your couriers for the uh, global empire <laughs> that you're creating. So it's just, what an incredible journey that the Chasing Kangaroos has been. I wouldn't call Rob Bergen a courier. Uh, <laughs> Rob, if you're listening, mate, he's done he, he's done one of the pioneers of rugby league in many parts of the world. But uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for getting the jerseys over here, mate. That's all. It's it's yeah. you know that's what you do when you want to grow the game. You 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 do all that you can, and he's been fantastic. Um, T, you as well, man. I've got to give you some. I've got to give you a shout out because one of the reasons that you've been very busy over the last few weeks, in particular, has been uh, some outstanding calling, mate. New South Wales Rugby League. You've been there. You've been calling games. It's all on the New South Wales Rugby League app. You've even travelled up and down the coast, which, you know, in this weather, it's difficult. But, mate, you've. I'm really impressed. And I'm not just saying this because I'm speaking to you right now, but, like, look out, Rabs, because Big T's coming. You've done a great job. Well, well Rabs doesn't need to watch out of anything. He's he's the GOAT. But the um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's great. The, I mean, the best thing about it is that I get to watch football and talk about it and no one gets to interrupt. So, you know, anyone would start to enjoy that eventually. But uh, also the, the great thing about it is the quality of football in New South Wales, as we know, it's one of the epicenters of, of rugby league. And so watching rep teams from under-16s, under-17s, under-18s, Manly, you know, Manly under-17s was, was coached by one of the Fultons and um, the Newcastle one was done by the Ogre. Um, and so there's just so much quality in New South Wales Rugby League. And so um, it's really easy to call because it's just great football. But but I appreciate your shout-out. I appreciate everything New South Wales Rugby League TV is doing. They're, they're so good on the socials and organising everything. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been a real adventure, real great challenge, and, and I'm hoping to do more of it as the uh, as the those small rep seasons start to end. Hopefully I'll get a go doing um, more and more important games, which should also be exciting. Well, I hope they keep doing it. I hope you keep doing it because I just love hearing your sexy voice, whether I'm talking to you or whether I'm just listening to you. It's fantastic. Uh, tonight's interview, which we'll talk about a little bit soon, is one that you recorded uh, probably a few, almost over a month ago now. It's been a little while, but I've been looking forward to it for a long, long time. 
We've got some other great interviews coming up. So you had dinner with Albie Tellerico. I think we'll call that <laughs> yeah. dinner with Albie. Like that's looking forward to that one. You guys talk a lot of New South Wales Rugby League and what should happen and things like that. Uh, you caught up with one of the guys from Wales Wheelchair Rugby League, which um, I'm excited to listen to as well. And um, we've got a couple of really exciting ones coming up. So trying to line up a current Super League and uh, international player. Uh, so that's coming hopefully soon, trying to line up a date for that. And I, at this stage, if unless it gets called off, because it's sort of penciled in, but not quite, not quite penned in yet, but I should be speaking to Luc Lacoste, who's the president of the French Rugby League, tomorrow night Oof. at time of recording. If I get that tomorrow night, we'll, we'll release that next week because I'm just not going to be able to wait on that one. But um, Luke basically heard uh, my chat with, uh, with Greg Peters from New Zealand Rugby League and said, I want to do one of those. So really pumped. Um, hopefully we can line it up. And if we can, we'll bring it to you next week. Isn't that fantastic, Carl? You're doing such a great job, mate, that people hear it and want to just be a part of it. And that's something that's been key to so many of the interviews you, you did at the beginning, that, that so many different parts of rugby league community just want to be a part of this community because they know that this is a genuine place. No one's trying to make someone feel bad or feel stupid. Everyone's trying to empower each other and make them, you know, just get a story out or, or get some support. And this, uh, this Chasing Kangaroos vehicle is doing such a great job of it that you've got people like France... Asking, can they be a part of it? That's huge, man. You should be really proud of that. Mate, well, and you should be proud of your stuff too, man. We're going to just keep kissing each other's ass all night. But anyway, so <laughs> we're, tonight's chat. Oh, that's nice. Uh, tonight's chat, uh, Michael Redpath. So from Strive Player Agency. He's, we, I actually, so the first I read about Michael was from uh, our friends at Everything Rugby League. Uh, Kangaroo Chaser Stuart McLennan wrote an article. He interviewed Michael and spoke about how he was trying to bring some Cameroon Rugby League players over into the NRL pathways. And that sort of piqued my interest. We were talking about it. I think we were talking about it on a Golden Points a few episodes yeah. ago, probably the last time we did Golden Points. It might have been that long ago. Maybe. Holy and crap. And you said, Michael Redpath, I think I know that guy through Twitter because everyone that's yeah. on Twitter knows Big T. And, um, yeah, before I knew it, you had him. You had an interview with him. And I've been pumped because... The whole, uh, it's a little bit different to what we do, but the whole Cameroon aspect sort of gave it relevance to, to our podcast. So it's got that international and, and development spin, but player management, it's something that interests me. Uh, I feel like Michael, and you can probably tell me more, but I feel like Michael is someone that is not necessarily in it for the fame or the fortune. He just wants to try and help no. players grow and develop. And well, you, you tell me, man, what was the big takeaway before we get into Golden Points and then into that interview, but what was your big takeaway from your chat with Michael from Strive Player Agency? Well, I mean, as you said, it was at first I just personally had an interest in, in player agents. They get such a bad rap and I wanted to know, you know, why would anyone go into it? So my first question was why would you want to be a player agent? And then also thinking from the, our podcast perspective of growing rugby league, why would anyone want a player agency? What's the, what's the point of them? So, so first of all, why would you want to do it? And then second of all, why would anyone want you – as a player agent, and and his answers to that were were really enlightening. And so, um, since then, I've been trying to um, also just think about how, how I can also be part of that vibe because what he talks about really is just player agents are just people that advocate for players. They're essentially lawyers, but in the in the court of um, getting getting you a game. So it was a really interesting. Uh, yeah, really interesting role that I'd never really given much thought of other than that they take money, you know, and, and they negotiate contracts. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they, they did a lot more than that. And I understood a lot more about why Michael, hearing all of that, would want to do that. He seems like the real kind of person, like you said, who who's just in this to do better things for rugby league. And so, yeah, it was a really interesting guy, really nice bloke. As, as you said, I, I know him from rugby league Twitter, which is one of the greatest places on earth. And so, um, yeah, just so happy to chat to him and, and find out more about it. And it was a really great chat. But as you said, it was such a long time ago. I'm really keen to hear it again. I, I'm, I've forgotten parts of it. I'm sure I can barely remember, you know, people's first names. I definitely can't remember <laughs> hour long chats. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to that. I'm surprised when I asked you for my notes, what was his name? The guy, the player agent you spoke to, I'm surprised you remembered. So he must have made an impression on you. And um, yeah, looking forward to hearing that at the end of this. So guys, stick around. Let's do some golden points, big man. And then we'll get to that chat with Michael Redpath from Strive Player Agency. Okay. You want to start, mate? Because it's well, been a while. I do. Yeah. We, you know I want to start because you know <laughs> that the only, one of the major reasons why I'm making sure that we're doing old golden points is because of this one. We're going to go to Serbia. <laughs> so it's, I know it's old, um, but Partizan finally beat Red Star. And this is one of the, our first kind of sandwich bets, our first kind of locking of horns outside of Tigers and Dragons. I've always been saying that Partizan's going to finally do it. Well, you te- you were telling me, really, that they were on the build, but they were still 40 points away, 30 points away. And now that they've almost, you know, done a Belgrade back, they've almost done a Red Star back, because I think the the last game was like 40 to 20 or, or something like that, 38-18 or something around there. Is it, you remember that, right? It's been an interesting tussle between the two. Obviously, it's the the eternal derby. It's the South Sydney versus yeah. the Roosters of uh, of Serbian Rugby League. Um, but yeah, I think the last, so I think Partisan beat Serbia a couple of games ago, but then, uh, sorry, Red Star a couple of games ago, then Red Star beat them in the final again, and then now Partisan are back, they they beat them, they upset them in the Super Cup, uh, 38 points to 18, so um, that's it. sensational, man, like, it, look, it's great to see, and like, I've, I've followed Red Star very closely for a long time, as a lot of our listeners do, because of the great things mm. that they are doing, but even mm. I think and I know many others would think as well, like how good it is to see, you know, not one but two good sides in Serbia. And there's more following, like your Tigrove, mate. The other, the uh, Dorko oh, Tigrove, yeah. they're really growing. There's uh, there's other clubs there growing, um, and it's good to see some strong competition for Red Star Belgrade. Because I think if they were just shellacking people and clubs every week, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth it. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be any fun for anyone. Um, but it's just great to see. The competition getting stronger, uh, but more importantly, the youth development that seems to be coming up underneath as well. There's there's more. Yeah. I'm hearing more news about the, the 15, 16, 17 year olds that are coming up underneath these um these senior players. That I think you know if some of them can can continue to improve, can continue to be in these professional sort of structures like Red Star, and can maybe find their way into into more professional competitions around the world, like either France, uh, England or dare I say the NRL, then, um, mate, we're going to see Serbia in some World Cups very soon. So the Dolso di Grove uh, are also on the um, back burner for a episode. They're, they're in the middle of a season or like a, a small round robin thing at the moment and and the, they're trying to get on the phone with me. We're trying to find a good time. Oh, so I that's going to be excited to hear them face to face. But also the Partisan Red Star Belgrade, you made a, a good analogy between the Roosters and Souths. The other analogy I would use is Queensland and New South Wales, and mm-hmm. I don't mean that it's an origin series, but I do mean in the sense that Queensland kept winning, but the interest built around when was New South Wales going to finally do it. And and although Red Star was doing some shellacking maybe three years ago, as you said, Partizan never really just 
threw it in and there was a real sense of build up and when is it finally going to happen and and so that's a lot of credit to partisan the people around that club that they never just went this is always going to happen red star's always going to beat us they said you know let's build and learn and build and learn and, and grow and and we finally got that win that's so exciting what, what i think has happened too if i'm going to be very very honest is red star when they were shellacking teams by 100 points they were relying on a core group of players who were from um, Australia, UK, and there was a couple of USA guys there as well. They, but they were relying on players um, from, uh, not USA necessarily, but the more established rugby league areas. And they were winning because of that. They were doing well because of that. But I think they kind of identified, hey, we need to grow some Serbian talent as well underneath those players. And those players did well. Like Darcy Etrich is, is one. He was a halfback. He was over there for a couple of years and probably the best player in the competition for a number of years too. But he really taught the halves underneath him how to play and how to steer a team around and, and all that sort of thing. So they've learned from that, but now they're, now they're developing. And I think their Serbian players now are mm. better than their Serbian players were three years ago when they were shellacking. Yes. Them. But what's happened as well is Partisan and a few of the other teams as well have improved. So, yeah, look, we could probably talk about Serbian rugby league all day. In fact, we're probably due for an episode. We should. I'm, I'm glad, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. glad you've got the Tigrovi coming on soon. I've got to get it, mate. All this Tigrovia tigers around the world chat. You've had you've had the Bedford Tigers. You're going to get the the, the Dorku Tigrovia. I'm going to have to get some Dragons clubs lined up. I'm going to have well, to get the best people in the world are tiger people, buddy. Yeah. That's what we're finding out. That's, that's, that's the thing. The, we're gonna, that's the mild message. We're going to have so, okay. Listen, Vancouver Dragons, um, Barcelona Dragons. If you're all of you guys out there, if you're listening, let's rise up and uh, meet these tigers. We'll get a Dragons podcast as well. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, mate, Golden Point, uh, let's go to Nicaragua, where there might be a Dragons or a Tigers soon, hopefully, uh, because Nicaragua Rugby League have earned government rec- recognition. This is a story we broke on our socials at Chasing Roos on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, they've been recognised by the Nicaragua Inst- Institute of Sport, uh, and it's been a two-year process, as it normally is with these sorts of things. Now, they, it doesn't mean they're members of the International Rugby League, they need to get some more regular competition and things like that happening, but it means they're a step closer. Like government recognition is something that even some IRL members like like Greece don't have yet. Um, so right. they're working towards it, obviously. But to have this really important stuff, um, absolutely fantastic and and good work to everyone involved. Um, and good work to uh, there was a, there was a tournament on over the weekend. The results haven't come through to me yet. So again, look out on our socials because we'll post them as soon as we can. There was a Nines tournament in Chinandegra, uh, the, the the Nicaragua Nines, and um, four clubs took place. And yeah, I'm, I was really cool to see one of them, the Mesenaros, uh, sported the uh, the Chasing Kangaroos logo right on the front of their jersey, which was really cool. And uh, we're very happy to support them and give them as much uh, limelight as possible. So Mesoneros, we don't know the score yet, but I reckon they won the whole thing. They probably shellacked everyone. Probably. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, unless there was a tiger, Nicaraguan tiger, they probably <laughs> did win. The um the other great thing about that was whoever filmed that and put that together, it's incredible that we can't get the scores, but we can get one of the most well put together, well edited, you know, beautiful videos. That the thing that I watched on your socials was such a great package of footage. It was really good. Yeah, they're all in pre- all of these growing nations. They're all stepping up. Uh, they must have listened to uh, episode eighty, marketing tips for growing rugby league, where we talked a little bit about that. I'm pretty sure. Um, but your ability to pull up episode numbers is incredible. Oh, mate, it's almost as if there's a trick to it. Anyway, what else we got? <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, well, I want to talk about. I, I was a bit underwhelmed by this story at the beginning, but I've really come around to it. So England versus the world. 
I heard you keep giving little uh, tidbits or you, you were getting small bits of information. You didn't know the whole story yet. Yeah. And um, and the whole story now looks pretty good. So England's mid-season international has been confirmed and it'll be against the combined nation's all-stars. That's going to be on June 25th. So I think we all thought it was going to be an Exiles kind yeah, of vibe, yeah. but they're actually doing a combined all-stars um, that should include non-English players and a lot of them from the UK, uh, maybe France and Jamaica. And so that should be excellent. And I think I saw on your... I think I saw on your socials and I immediately um, storied it or whatever the verb would be, that Tim Sheens is involved in some way. <laughs> coach Tim Sheens. I knew you would like that one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, mm. Best coach they could prob- possibly pick for such such a, such a team. Yeah. Uh, look, for me, like whether it's Exiles, whether it's Combined Nations, I guess the only difference is Exiles would be, to, I think Exiles is just really Australia and New Zealand, whereas Combined Nations now includes anyone. Uh, so it is yep. England versus the world or Su- Super League England versus the Super League world. Um, I get that, you know, Coach Sh- um, Sean Wayne wants the strongest possible competition leading up to a World Cup. I just wish, you know, they'll play in France or even Wales or something like that. I just, I know it wouldn't have been, maybe not have been as strong, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it still sits a little bit weird for me. Yep. Um, but I'm still going to watch it closely. and. Uh, I don't know, the world side might beat England, which would be interesting. The thing that I'm trying to find the positive in is that hopefully there, there's a scattering of Welsh, Scottish, Irish, you know, whoever, Jamaican, and then those players then go back and, and are better off for the experience and lift their teams because they're all, oh, I don't know about Ireland, but they're all World Cup teams. So, um, you know, that, yeah, hopefully that experience goes back and helps them. Ireland oh, is definitely okay, a World great. Cup team. I would, uh, look, okay, if they pick Regan Grace... Ronan Michael, you know, guys like that, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to support yeah, them. Okay. But, um, yeah, good yep. stuff, man. Uh, the other thing was that uh, there's, it's actually part of a triple header, this match, or a triple header weekend. So England will be involved in three games, uh, men's, women's, and wheelchair. Uh, the women's and the wheelchair side will take on Wales uh, on that weekend as well. So that's, that's really cool. It's great to see Wales in the women and the wheelchair up against England. Uh, the Wales, the Welsh men, on the other hand, they've uh, opted for the weekend off, so no mid-season internationals for them. But I think they might be playing, I think, uh, this isn't confirmed, so don't take it as gospel yet, but I have a feeling they're lining up a match against Jamaica in the lead-up to the World Cup, so maybe a week or two before. So that should be good good practice for them, I think. That should be a good good practice for both teams. All of these are great signs as well because it really feels like that World Cup's like... 95% are going to happen. So if all of these teams are able to travel around and, and you know, play warm-ups, and they also also think that it's definitely going to happen. And I love that Wales, wheelchair is playing England because as an upcoming episode coming up, Wales is like one of the powerhouses of wheelchair rugby, so uh, rugby league. So that's going to be great for Wales and England to get that hit out. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, golden point, let's go to Brazil because, uh, you know, Chasing Roos are the sponsors of Brazilian Rugby League. And I've got to say, like, the, everything that they are doing is sen- absolutely sensational. Like, Agreed. Yeah, like from their national team, their women's team at the Ball Cup, the ninth tournament they held recently, men's and women's, they've just announced um, that in August the men's uh, six-team national competition, which is 13 aside, will take place as well. Um, but the golden point is that uh, they formed a touch football arm, uh, which will help develop rugby league in children and schools and, and other social aspects as well in areas. So just a, a good way, like they, they've recognized that 
you know, touch football. It's a good way to introduce people to the game where there's not as much impact. It's not as, as aggressive or as violent or physical, um, but they can still play footy and really get to know the game and get to learn the skills and, and get a love for it as well. So I think that's clever. Um, I haven't seen many nations or many developing nations do this or something like this as early as Brazil have. So mm. um, hats off to them. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And not only that, but also their marketing and stuff, because that I just saw the mascot thing and was just yeah, automatically taken dog. by the story. <laughs> mm. How cool was it? Yeah. Very, yeah. Very such cool. a great idea. Brazil can do no wrong, mate. They're just getting better and better. Uh, Africa. I'm going to take us to Africa. So yes. this is a bit of an old one as well, but ESPN is going to stream the NRL across Africa. Oh, yeah. This one had to be um, mentioned. Yeah. Oldie but a goodie. So I think, I think it's somehow through the Walt Disney Company. Um, I didn't fully understand that, but I guess, you know, I don't need to, I guess. So it's, it's going to, it's going to do our, uh, NRL domestic comp there. So across that entire continent. So it's not just a South African thing. We know that Africa's, there are parts of pockets of Africa that are really big on league. And so I'm really hoping that those parts also get to, to see it because, um, Nigeria and, and tell me some other ones that I'm forgetting Nigeria and Cameroon, Cameroon and yeah. Ghana, thank you. So they're, you know, we know we hear about them all the time. And so if they, if there are people in there that can also be watching that, we we keep saying you don't, you can't be it till you see it. Well, it's even harder to be it, and you don't even know it exists. So th- this is going to be a fantastic, um, fantastic thing. And I just wish it was cheaper. I know we've, I can't remember if we've talked about this or I've heard it somewhere else. So if I've heard you say it without me there, that that watching rugby league should be really cheap all around the world or free. Yeah. Um, but if I can't have that, at least you know there's there's one step, which is ESPN doing it. Well, yeah, I assume ESPN will be paid for, like it's part of a would be part yeah. of a subscription yeah. or or a, or a, um, like a Foxtel type thing, I, I suppose. But look, it's at least it's there. Um, it's actually good to see, like the you know, if I can take it one step further. But there's been a bit of broadcasting news lately, like we've seen um, Super League will be back on French screens, so BN Sports will showcase Catalan's games home and away this year. So that was sort of oh, off the, that was off the table last year, but it's it's back now. So that's fantastic. I've seen that um, the, the Q Cup, the Intrust Super Cup in Queensland, will be streamed all around the Pacific for the first time, um, which is really cool as well. And that that competition, you know, because of the PNG Hunters and and Pacific Trez eventually as well, hopefully, um, like just great great to see that happening there at that level. Um, we've seen. Uh, we've seen the Serbian competition on Sports Flick, which has been growing and growing and growing, um, which is really cool. So we're starting to get that picture. And yeah, while you know some of it is paid and some of it isn't, and I've had some good conversations online recently, and I know you have as well, Big T, and a few discussions about in the Twitter Rugby League Twitter about um, NRL the NRL app or Watch NRL app being sort of more a little yeah. bit cheaper, or you know I think it should be free in the first instance around the world, um, hopefully the NRL can, can see that and they can understand, and the Super League as well and all these other competitions. Like, you, you need, if you don't have an audience, you don't have a product, you know. So if you want to have a product in certain places around the world, you've got to grow that audience. And in the first instance, you've got to give it away, I think. And we've seen it this year in particular, and it's something I might speak to Luke Lacoste next episode if I do, if we do make that happen tomorrow night. The French Elite One this year, because they haven't had crowds, they were streaming their they were streaming games on Facebook and YouTube. All the clubs had to do that, and because of it, like 
they've had more visibility for the French league in the UK and Australia in particular because we're all, we can all watch Carcassonne play, and yeah, uh, it's not yeah. it's not something we've had before. So it's really cool to see the standard is quite good. They've got some good players over there at the moment as well, and um, yeah, like. Uh, now they have a platform and maybe they can start to monetize that or maybe they grow it a bit more beforehand. I'll, I'll ask Luke about it, but it's just, we need to see more of it and we need to use, we've got the, we've got the best product in the world sports-wise in my opinion, so let's show people, let let them know about it. And Carbonara, mm-hmm. I know some people who could uh, commentate it for them if they wanted it in English. So. I, I know that one of the best in the business. We're talking about Andrew Voss. Oh no, we're talking about Big T. We're talking about the biggest. Oh, Andrew Voss would be great with the names, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's uh, Andrew Voss isn't cheap, and I think at the moment you might need cheap. <laughs> Big T, you know I'm talking about you, baby. Um, and I want you to. I want you to color commentary, mate. When I forget their names, <laughs> I need you in there to slip me in. I'd be the, so uh, nervous, man. I don't know how you do it, but one day we'll try it. One day, if I if I'll tell you what, when you win a sandwich bet, I'll color commentate with you. That'll be this. That'll be the sandwich bet. <laughs> Mate, um, is it my turn? Gold, golden point. Let's, it is. It is. Let's go to the USA, and I've turned this one into a double because there's two bits of news. Um, so there was, um, there was a, and this is a bit of an oldie. So there's an oldie and a newie. So the oldie is that uh, the USA Women's Rugby League uh, have announced that they'll be, so as part of their nines sort of tournament, uh, they're going to have an annual nines tournament in Hawaii. It'll be men's and women's. Yeah. And masters as well. Uh, it's going to start in 2022. It'll be in October. It'll be a two-week period after the NRL Grand Final. Uh, I just reckon, man, 2022, the borders are open. We've just watched the Dragons and the Tigers in the 2022 Grand Final. <laughs> and uh, we head over to Hawaii for two weeks to keep the party going. I think it's a fantastic idea because I think you'd pick up – obviously, you're going to pick up a lot of Americans who, who are going to enjoy uh, – who just enjoy going to Hawaii. That time of year is – Autumn for them, so they'll they'll want to get out of America and go to Hawaii, and so autumn into winter. And but we're all going to be moving into our summer holiday thing, and and, and just after the NRL, everyone's kind of you know maybe keen to play or, or keen to watch something new and different. I know that when we had those nines, those international nines, um, when the Kiwi Ferns beat the Jillaroos, that was just after the NRL season, and it was it was a fantastic time. So. This is a great idea. Anything to do with Hawaii and football, I think, is a great idea. And it's also a really central for Asia, the Pacific, um, America, and us. It's it's a it's a good little spot. So yes, yeah, it's going to be great. I hope. Looking forward to it. Uh, meanwhile, double whammy, uh, but still in the USA. So over the weekend, uh, California Rugby League, they're back. Uh, it's yeah. been a little while, COVID wise, but they basically had like a, a day of rugby league in West Palo Alto. So it was meant to be all six clubs, but one had to pull out. So five of the six clubs, they played in 13-a-side 20-minute games, um, back to back to back to back. Um, they didn't have finals or things like that. They just played their, their rounds. Um, and I, I, won't, I won't highlight any scorelines or anything like that because I think they're going to be streaming those daily in April on their Facebook page. So make sure you're watching that. Um, but yeah, some really cool action. Um, great to see California happening again. And I found out today as well, all of that, uh, all of that would be part of a, a selection process. So California Select, they're going to go to Utah and play Utah Select in May, which uh, hearing it today, I was very excited. Cali versus Utah. Yeah. yeah, I saw that today, I think on your socials as well or on Cali's socials. That's going to be fantastic. I just, the, everything's happening in America again. They're, they're coming out of their... COVID slumber and and rugby league is ramping up. And that's another one that's coming up. So um, Tom Stevenson, who heads up California Rugby League, 
think he's the only Aussie involved. There's like the good thing about Cali Rugby League is the amount of Americans that are that are doing that are yeah. that are there doing it. It's not expats, you know. It's really cool. But I was speaking to Tom earlier. We had him on. Can you guess which episode we had him on, Big T? Fifty nine. <laughs> Fifty nine. It was almost it was almost that long ago. Uh, Tom was on episode forty two, believe it or not. California oh. Love. Uh, so I've been speaking to Tom. We're going to have a California Love 2.0 and and see what they've been up to lately post COVID. What the plans are, and um, we'll get that happening in the weeks to come as well. California Rugby League 2.0. You've got to ask him as well because about everything else is popping up because since he was on, a whole bunch of other parts of America have also yeah. sprung to life. So yeah, Cleveland se- and stuff. So we've, yeah, that'd be great. We've seen heaps. We've seen Cleveland. We've seen Oregon. We've seen now Utah. You know, we've seen um, New England. Florida, Florida. Oh well, Florida's been there, but the new Florida side. Yeah, there's 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 a lot happening. So yeah, well, you got to think that Cali have had something to do with that. You know, so it's pretty cool. You got anything else, big man? Uh, I mean, my heart was broken. I, I did buy one of those Florida t-shirts, and they couldn't get one to me for oh, whatever no reason. Bloody COVID packaging or whatever. I don't know, but I was so jeed because that pink and black is so rad. That anyway. would look good on you, man. Um, with your yeah, face. Well, also, it's like Hawaiian st- Hawaiian shirt vibe. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what big bodies want. They want big Hawaiian shirts. Uh, I've only got one more, so I'm sure you've probably got about six, and you're probably back onto the back of this one as well. So, uh, my one's the Intra Super Cup because our boy Matty Church, oh, we yeah. finally get to see his hunters play. They had their first Q Cup. Now, I don't know about you, but I got tagged in this about two or three different places. Um, people were just so jeed to see the hunters playing, and our boy Matty Church finally, you know, with the whistle around his neck on television. So. They had a bit of a comeback, but uh, I don't think they ended up beating the, the Wingham Seagulls, but they, they certainly looked better for the run out. And um, considering the amount of travel and, and all of the ringmorale that they have to go through in their preseason, uh, and and also we know when New Zealand were here last year and, and things were happening back at home, it was always problematic for them. Yeah, not easy. Thinking about thinking about who's at home. And, and I know that PNG is just going through currently a huge spike um, in COVID cases, so it must be really challenging for them, not only to be here away from their family and friends, but also to have that complete unknown of what's happening to your family and friends back there. Um, you know, it's incredible that they can come out here and play so well with so much still happening in their lives. Final score was twenty to eighteen, and Seagulls though were oh, right. they were heavy favourites, heavy favourites because you know pet hunters they didn't do so well the year before last. Of course, last year was called mm. off, but Maddie's really got the the boys. Um, ready to go. And I think they impress some people, improve some people wrong. I think they're going to get better and better as they get more accustomed and comfortable to being in Southeast Queensland and living over here and being part of that squad together. So I think they're going to get better. I've loved watching on this. So if anyone's following PNG Hunter on the socials, do so if you're not, because um, it's good to see some of these new young players. There's Justin Ollum's everywhere. It's crazy. Then they're all coming through. It's great to watch. The other exciting thing is the Silk Tales, the Kaviti Silk Tales in Ron Massey. Yes. So they had a massive hit out for a trial game a couple of weeks ago where they beat, I forget who they beat, but it was an absolute shellacking. And I made a prediction and I'm prepared to say it here. I reckon they'll go undefeated all season because they, they I think they've what? got a great squad. Yeah. For Ron Massey level, I think they're going to be way too strong and they need to be in that New South Wales Cup level sooner rather than later. But I just think they're going to absolutely kill it. Round one, they had a buy. Round two was washed out because of the floods that we've experienced over the weekend in, in parts of New South Wales and, and Sydney. So it's been absolutely pelting down. So round two was um, was called off and postponed. So I can't wait to see the Silk Tales out there. If you can't get out and watch them this year, because they will be based in Sydney all year, uh, like the Warriors on the Central Coast for most of the year and like the PNG Hunter in Southeast Queensland, 
get out and watch a game. Uh, but they're also streaming, I think, the first five rounds. And this might be the case with the Hunters as well, but they're streaming the first five or so games on KO and Foxtel. Uh, and the KO, I saw the KO ones might be free as well. They KO do a few freebies every week. So, guys, get out there. Speaking of streaming and giving away stuff for free, yeah, like this is it. And if like at the end of the if year, the numbers are big, yeah, they'll they'll keep them on. They so definitely yeah, will. get around it. I I just would love to see a bit of a um of a Pacific Club challenge at the end of the year, like Hunters versus Silk Tails. I would go like if that happens, Big T will commentate it, and I'll be there. Selling jerseys. It would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing I wanted to say about that was I think oh, this one got washed out, but I think I saw Petro on the socials talking about how the Roosters were happy to put up an opposed session and they had they had a bit of a hit out against the Roosters under-21s team or, or some opposed session like that because this, they're, they're just out here to play football and they're not having two weeks off. That, you know, they wanted to go and find football wherever they could get it, so... I love that mentality or that culture that, that Petra Simonsev is already creating there. I didn't see that. But are you yeah, happy cool. to put a sandwich? Oh, finally. Look at, look at that. I got a, uh, yeah, you got I got it. one you got through that you, you couldn't back on the back <laughs> on. I probably made it up. Um, are you happy to put a sandwich bet on the Silver Tails not, Silk Tails not um, going undefeated? <laughs> That's a tough one because it's like. You said you're putting it out there. I, I didn't, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Carbs. I'm just saying, right, I'm trying to put a sandwich in mine. Let's, let's do it. But it can't. It can't yes. be a sandwich. It's got to be something else. Let, let's think. Let's think about it. And um, if they're still undefeated next time we do golden points, we'll put something heavy. Bigger on than it. a sandwich or less than a sandwich? B- what do you think? Bigger than a sandwich, like something like not like obviously like me color commentating with you, like something that's going to be a, th- a cool thing. Like I don't know. I can't. I don't know what that is yet. Maybe we can get. So you kind of want odds? How about if if they don't go undefeated, you have to buy me a sandwich because that's. I mean, without sounding rude, that's that's likely. Even you know, even the greatest teams might you're probably cop a draw a or yeah, a one point loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if they do go undefeated, then then why don't I buy you a membership or something? Oh, that's for twenty twenty twelve for twenty twenty two, so that you're like an, an official. You know, I had to buy you the every time you get a newsletter or a hat or whatever. You know, that's because you got it for free because you know you're part of the victory team or whatever. Let's think. About, look, let's put it out to the listeners. DM us. Yeah. Biggest Tiger yeah. or Chasing Roos Pod or at Chasing Roos on Instagram and Facebook. If you can think. How can I help yeah. Carbs celebrate what, if they yeah. go undefeated? What should we put this in? Yeah, Silk Tails to go undefeated. What should the sandwich bet prize be? All right, cool. Um, mm. I'll go one more, man, because uh, I have to go one more than you every week. Of course. Just to make it <laughs> how it works. Um, just a big shout out to Kangaroo Chaser, uh, Misa Vakadranu. Uh, this guy, we've spoken about him before. We've actually sponsored him. Uh, as a referee for the Netherlands, Jersey, uh, Germany uh, international last year, the only men's international. Uh, but he's refereed in Belgium, Germany, Sweden, Czech Republic, Poland, Hungary, Oof. Wales, England. You'd love him. He's a Fijian boy, but he's been over in the in in Europe for for a number of years. And we've read about him recently. Anyone that reads up on uh, European rugby league or international rugby league websites, they would have seen uh, Missa. Uh, taking some early steps to set up rugby league in Austria. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, wow. uh, but he's he's there. He's in Austria. He's on the ground, and uh, he needs help. Um, so if anyone can, uh, those various channels, like European Rugby League would probably be one of the better channels um, to go to if you can help or want to help, or even ask us. We'll put you in touch because Mrs. Mrs. is a great guy. We speak to him regularly, and, uh, yeah, like I said, he's a kangaroo chaser. So big shout-out to him, and we love seeing him. Uh, we, we wish him all the best. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah. 
Mate, um, that's a big golden points and we needed it. Like I've, I've, I've missed it. We needed golden points and we can't, obviously like we're getting busier and busier and some episodes are longer and things like that. So we're, we're not sort of, we're being a bit slack with the golden points every week, but I've said it a couple of times as well. And I'll remind the listeners, if you're on social media at Chasing Roos on Instagram and, and Facebook, at Chasing Roos pod is me on Twitter. There's also an at Chasing Roos on Twitter, which is uh, the chasingroos.com official Twitter uh, page account. There's the biggest tiger on Twitter. There's a uh, biggest tiger on Instagram as well, mate. You've got a few things going on on Instagram and Facey, but there's, there's plenty of ways to follow us. And um, if we're not doing golden points here every week, we'll try our best to get as much of the world rugby league news, international rugby league news out there uh, on our pages. So make sure you're following along, make sure you're interacting. And if you've got news for us, let us know. There's plenty of you out there that do that regularly and um, we try and share as much as we can. So keep it coming and thank you. And last time I said it, I got about three or four extra teams. So I'll say it again. If there's any Tiger team anywhere in the world (laughs) who wants to have someone who's constantly pushing them and supporting them and and showing everyone that they exist, you know, get in my DMs any way you can and I'd I'd be happy to be one of your biggest fans. He's he's not joking, Tigers. Get out there. Big T will support you. Uh, Big T, your chat with Michael Redpath. Let's do it. It's been a long golden point, so let's get straight into it. Michael Redpath from Strive Player Agency. Big T, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me and I'm looking forward to listening to this one. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos. The podcast for international rugby league fans. Hey T, before you chat with Michael, let's keep everyone waiting a little bit longer. Sorry about that, but it's for a good purpose, a good cause. It's uh, maddiehaines.com.au. Well, Uncle, I I think a lot of people are still listening because they're waiting to see how we got it in. Uh, and Maddie Haynes, <laughs> Maddie Haynes, I don't think um, Maddie Haynes, I think would have been really happy with that that jersey that the. Mercenarios oh, yeah. did. I think he would have been pretty happy with that. Yeah. But um, if anyone is in and around uh, the world of rugby league, like Mr. trying to get things happening in Austria, you've got to get around Matty Haynes because clubs are going to want his artistic flair, touching their jerseys or badges or whatever you need done. Have a chat to him first because he can help. If you're involved with a club, team, doesn't even have to be rugby league. It can be any sport. If you need your kit design, logos design, kit produced, then uh, matthaynesport.com.au. If you're getting your kit produced, tell them you're a kangaroo chaser. Get 10% off. You know, it's, you know, it's the right thing to do. All right, Big T, over to your chat with Michael. Sitting patiently on the phone with me today is the NRL accredited player agent and Brisbane Broncos tragic fan, Michael Redpath. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. How are you? Not too bad, mate. <laughs> Long overdue for a catch-up. Yeah, well, this is exciting. And also, you did you ever live in Queensland or have you always been in Canberra? Yeah, I lived on the Gold Coast for a while. Right. Because I had a funny memory of trying to get up to Queensland once to go to do a twill meetup and, and seeing life for the thought I fired up. Well, maybe it's also just as you know because you're such a big Broncos fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always uh, happy for people to come up to the home of football. Oh, right. That's how you're going to play <laughs> this. It's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting way to go. Uh, now, Tell me a bit about This Week in League. How did you fall into that podcast? I was just doing a search of rugby league podcast, really, and I came across a thread and it said that it's a bit crude and you know, <laughs> sometimes it goes off track a bit, but they always come back to football and they they have a lot of knowledge on it. So I gave it a go for one episode, and the episode I listened to was an absolute cracker. Um, it was one of Stepdad's first, actually. So oh. I actually never had – I never had Real Dad. 
Mm. So I was just, just as he was, uh, stepdad was coming in. So I didn't know any better, but uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic and kept listening. And then within a couple of months, went to the first meetup. Okay. In Queensland or in here, in Sydney? Uh, New South Wales. Yeah. Wow. What year was that? Uh, 2016. Yeah. Okay. I must have, I wonder if I was there. Did we meet officially then? Yeah, I've definitely met you a few years ago for the first time. It okay. might have been then. Um, this was, I was the one, the very first, uh, the very last one before we started doing the, the castle at Edinburgh. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, right. Um, fantastic. And is the player agency, well, no, well, that's how you got into Twill. How did you get into football? How I got into football was, uh, so I grew up and currently live in Canberra, mm. and my old man took me to a Raiders game against the Broncos in, I think it was 2001. And at the time, I was about seven, so I didn't really follow much sport. But I was instantly drawn to Darren Lockyer because he put on a show and scored. I think he scored a hat trick that game, and it was just great to watch. And I, I remember telling my dad straight away, like, "Yeah, I'd go for him." And eventually, my love for the team grew, and I, that's how I became a Broncos fan and a rugby league fan. Now, was your dad crestfallen? Was he a Raiders fan? No, he's an AFL guy. So I don't even know why he was taking me there because he's not—he doesn't really like rugby league that much. So. He just kind of took me along. I think his work was sponsoring them or something. So, right. yeah, I don't think he really cared. He didn't think I was Judas or anything. Wow, okay. So so that was a, like, just parenting absolute, um, like, huge goal that he just took you to something and then ended up being one of your life passions and then related yeah, your career. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he tried to get me into the AFL. I just did, never really thought it was enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to really talk ill of it, but it's still not my favourite by any stretch, and I just much preferred watching Rugby League. It was way more exciting and way more fast-paced. Now, the Rugby League Project is an excellent website and often does great work, but sometimes it also accidentally ruins your memories. Have you ever gone back into 2001 Brisbane against Canberra and just checked those games to see if Lockyer actually did score three tries or if it's just a manufactured memory? I definitely know he scored a couple. <laughs> it might not have been three, but it was definitely a few, and I remember... I remember the game was a draw. Oh. I, I remember like thinking it was a bit strange in that sense that no one won and we were leaving yeah. the stadium. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I can't wait to go and look this up because ne- because the other great thing is that you probably remembered it beautifully. Now we can all go to Rugby League Project, check Canberra, Brisbane. There's going to be one game that they drew and we can all go and have a look at that and go, there you go, it's Michael's first, that's his first Rugby League memory and it started him off on this path. Exactly. Now, so that's how you started football. I'm assuming you weren't, obviously, in 2001, dreaming of becoming a player agent. So how then, almost 20 <laughs> years later, did you end up here here doing it? Well, uh, I work currently work as a practicing lawyer, so I've already got kind of skills in contract negotiation and advocacy and things like that. And I wanted to somehow help the game of rugby league, and I was more drawn to helping players as opposed to helping the greater organization or clubs or things like that. Um, so I thought I'd get involved and try and help players where I could. I thought I had the necessary skills for it. And I actually spoke to uh, the person that runs all the player agent stuff, or at least is the secretary of it. Uh, his name's Paul Massey. And I basically went through kind of what I do as a lawyer and I asked if I'd be suited to being, yeah, uh, a player manager. And he said, look, it sounds like you have all the right tools. And then the, there, there I was, and within a week, I submitted an application, and I was away. Wow. And so, would you only suggest then people with that kind of background would be the best people suited for it, or, or is there... No, I think of- people with uh, affiliations to the game, whether 
it be with clubs, recruiters, or just players in general. Um, I think they can really shine as well. I think you just have to be kind of someone that's pretty uh, kind of strong-minded and also someone that can really get results and results-driven because on some days, yeah, you really feel up against it. But I think people that are willing to persevere and uh, try and get reach their goals, such as you know, finding their players' contracts and things like that, I think they're the ones that succeed. What were you thinking about then when you said sometimes you feel like you're up against it? Can you think what was it, what's an instance of that you can that you can think of while saying it? Uh, well, for instance, when you're trying to you have a really great talent, uh, they don't say for instance they don't have a lot of playing footage for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, say they're a junior, and it's kind of your word against uh, the word of other player managers. And there's one one kind of spot to fill. You know, your guys right for it, but you know that some clubs just aren't going to give it a. Uh, kind of give your player a chance on face value alone. So, and kind of uh, how you've really built them up in your head and to them. So yeah, was, having people knocked back the first few times is very difficult, but you know, keep persevering. And then, uh, yeah, basically every, every player that I've uh, currently managed have either got them a contract or um, yeah, we'll get them something in the future if they already have one. So it, it that sounded like there were times in which you were like, almost advocating at the same time as other agents. Have I misunderstood that? Or is there times in which you're standing in front of the, the Roosters player, you know, retention people, and you and other agents are there pitching, or, or is it just like one-on-one on phones and things like that? Uh, because of COVID, it's mainly one-on-one oh, during phones because back before all the COVID stuff, you could actually go to these carnivals and you could go to the rep, rep games and talk to these people. But, yeah, during COVID, it's not – so I'm not in the same room as them per se, but yeah. I know that – um, they're, they're, the clubs are telling me that they've got interest from other managers and other players. Right. So it's not about the loudest voice in the room thing. It's it's really about how, how you can persuade people over the phone at times. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of, yeah, it's almost marketing in a sense because, right. you, you know, you're giving them a football CV, you're giving them a football package, you're talking them up and you're talking about their strengths and things like that. So, um, which some players find it difficult and it's hard to really assess yourself in that mm. type of way. So. So it's hard to, you know, if you walk around st- talking about all your strengths all the time to coaches, people think you're arrogant. Mm. So it's kind of nice to have that person uh, advocating on your behalf. Reading the NRL application to be a player agent, one of the things that I found really unusual about it, and I don't know why, was that it said that you needed three testimonials f- from people in outside of that business thing. So first of all, who did you choose to be a testimonial application? And secondly, was that an like is that application quite challenging? Not just that part, but the the application as a whole. Well, to start with the three people I chose, I chose uh, someone, a good friend of mine, Chris, who was a senior lawyer who mentored me as I was a paralegal coming through the ranks in um, the legal scene. Uh, so he's I've often gone to him for advice, legal or otherwise. So. Um, yeah, I went, went to him and then I also went to a long-time friend since primary school to help me out. Um, so obviously he could – it was only had to write one page, but he could write a lot about the you know different things I've been through in my life in different right. stages. And then the last the last one was just a, a fellow friend that I'd worked with for a long time um, in a kind of legal support role. Um, so, yeah, it was just lots of – you had to have known the person for at least five years, I believe it was. I so, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then uh, the, the difficult part of the application was I've never really done a business plan before and you have yeah. to do a pretty detailed business plan. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. It was unusual. <laughs> I also just love the people sitting around like, assessing it. Like who's sitting there going, this guy's perfect, but there is a, you know, there's a small hole in his business plan or this guy's business plan is great and everything, but one of his testimonials was a little 
funny. It just felt like such a weird mixed blend of ways of assessing someone. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then uh, past that, there was the tests, which I didn't find too hard, but I think a few people had a couple of issues with it. Um, you have to get at least 80%. And if you only scrape through the 80%, then they make you do an interview with the members of the RLPA that uh. deal with player agency. So, yeah, you did kind of have to go forth and present your case as to why you'd be a good, good uh, player manager. But I was one of the, the few that got very, uh, very high school, close to 100%. So, um, yeah, they skipped, skipped the interview stage for a lot of us. And was it a lot of knowledge around the, the, the scheme that they've created, like the, the rules and obligations and, and things like that around being an agent, or was it around laws of the game, or what was the test mainly focusing on? Uh, yeah, so it was the agent, player agent scheme. There was lots of questions That's directly it. from that. So if you had that in front of you, um, you'd be doing quite well. Uh, there was also a couple of ethical scenarios, which I thought were interesting because right. you can take – you can take an ethical problem as many ways as you want and you're not necessarily wrong. So, yeah, I thought um, there's a bit of subjectivity towards those ones, but I seem to have done all right. Um, there was lots of conflict of interest questions, which I think are pretty important because um, lots of player agents have teamed up with, you know, property developers and other outside oh. business interests in which they, you know, suddenly they're directing players to buy, a, buy an apartment or buy some branded football boots or something when yeah. really they're getting a kick kick from it. I'd not so, thought of that. That's, that's, yeah, that's an incredible additional layer of wrinkle within that scene. How would you even, how do they police that? Well, you're meant to disclose all of yeah. it, but it's, that's right. So I guess the player would have to get tipped off that you suddenly had an affiliation, they'd have to report it, but otherwise it is something that could easily go unreported. Mm, okay. So it sounds like there wasn't much of that application that you found quite challenging. If anything, it just was amusing at times or, or interesting at times. Yeah. Other than uh, I've never, yeah, as I say, I've never done a business plan before and I've never, I've never really even thought about having my own business, but as I wanted to get into being a player agent, I could have reached out to one of the bigger agencies and asked to work for them but I decided I'd rather do it myself and then look to expand and take that route because that way I could, you know, lay the foundations, the fundamentals of a business the way I want to do it. Mm. That, so mean, that, that was challenging. That, that, that doesn't seem like, an, like, is that a normal thing? I, I've always worked for, for, for people because I've, I don't know, I, now, now that I think about it, I don't know why I've always worked for people. Once you had that opportunity in front of you, were you really quite excited about working for yourself or was it, that, was it still kind of laborious? Yeah, it's definitely laborious. Uh, doing lots of the administrative stuff, mm. uh, like you know, lots of the record keeping and keeping tracks, the track of expenses and things like that. But I, I'm really enjoying it, and I, yeah, as I say, it means I get to run things the way I want to run them. And uh, the actually, there's a accredited kind of board within the agents, and they uh, lots of the senior guys uh, kind of run that. So you can actually go to them for advice. So I figured I didn't actually need a boss per se, but I. I knew I could reach out to mentors that were willing to help. Right. So, I, I, yeah. And and expenses. I've just got excited by that word. Does that mean anything you do with football is is an expense? Anytime you go to the football, anytime you buy football stuff, is that a business expense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, that's that's the way I've been told it works, and so I've been keeping pretty meticulous logs of that such as travel to meet players when I go to Sydney and Queensland and things like that. Um, I believe when going to games um, is covered already because I'm yet to receive because uh, 
basically the NRL order them from uh, China, but then you get these player agent kind of passes and they allow you into any game anyway. What? So, you get to walk yeah. into a, a stadium wearing like a cool pass and you just wave it around in front of someone's face and you get straight in? Well, I've, I said I haven't received it, but that's how I'm led to believe yeah, it. That's works. a dream. <laughs> exactly. Other than um, the you know, state of origins and things like that, but any regular season game and any uh, like Q Cup or New South Wales Cup where there's a small admission fee, just walk straight through. Oh, man, that's so cool. And I know those ones are only about five bucks, but still, just to like have some schmuck behind me getting out his five dollars while I'm just waving around my lanyard. Wow, I'd feel so important. <laughs> that's excellent. Okay. Well, uh, being from Canberra, I know that. Pe- People who wear lanyards aren't that popular, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in my head, I'd feel super popular. Uh, okay, so so other than flashing your, your lanyards around, what would a player agent be doing on a daily basis? So uh, regularly checking on the players that I currently manage mm-hmm. to ensure that everything's going well, both on and off the pitch. I'm a firm believer that if a player has ongoing issues outside of the game, that it makes it difficult to focus and play their best on the park. Right. And I've actually had to deal with a handful of issues with players that weren't related to football that I can tell it really helps them and help them focus. I also try and motivate those players and offer guidance and support. And I just regularly um, contact their clubs, not to the point where I'm annoying, but I like to determine how they're going and just to make sure that they'll be given their desired playing opportunities. You know, like say if they're only coming off the bench or they're not, they're being played out of position, then I'm able to advocate on their behalf. And I can say, look, this, this is how, you know, what he signed up to play as. This is why he joined your team. You thought this was a role. Can he go back to that role? Things like that. Wow. And yeah. And then lastly, I'm always just looking to recruit um, new, new players and new overseas talent. So I field a lot of inquiries and kind of do some research on who are the up and coming juniors in areas that I have no ideas about. Like I have no idea about the landscape in Townsville of, been there once in my life, you know what I mean? But um, and also Victoria, I've never really looked into Victorian rugby league. So just just doing research onto kind of the gun players, both in rugby league and some of the younger run, rugby union players. So advocating for players within the club is something that's really surprised me about that role. Is that something that you heard was going to be part of it when you asked that mentor guy early, early in the piece? Is that something that he had said, this is part of the job? Or was that something that you found? No, that... That caught me completely by surprise, and I'm not sure why, because it actually sounds quite, you know, as I said it out loud, it sounds quite logical. Yeah. Sounds like something I should have been prepared for. But, yeah, talking to the club coaches and the physios and things like that about, you know, how, how are you guys going and ha- how he's going like, with the team and what, what they're trying to improve with him on. And, yeah, I find that stuff really fascinating, and it was, it was great to kind of hear it. And what about the other side of it then? What's the part of the role that you really don't enjoy? Um, I guess some recruiters, uh, team managers and coaches that I've dealt with, um, most of them are happy to talk over. There is a bit of a stigma against player agents. So some have actually been pretty short with me. Um, So as I'm trying to say, like, oh, you know, I've got this player that's interested, they're they're kind of cutting me off and they're saying, like, get to the point. Or, Mm. you know, I've no doubt it goes the other way that agents do that to clubs as well. So I understand that there's a bit of uh, resentment between one another. But, yeah, sometimes they don't really – give you the opportunity um, that you you may or may not deserve, but they've already made up their mind about you as they're as you're trying to communicate with them. And yeah, you feel like they're not even really listening to you. So I guess the attached stigma with um, the role currently. Well, I got to tell you that outside of Strive, Michael, I also would have like the media has just fed me what I'm supposed to think about player agents. So I'm not at all surprised to hear that. And, and you must've at some point also had a pretty, you know, not negative, but but not a particularly positive view on player agents generally, just because of what we hear about their behaviours or how they're painted publicly. 
Well, that's right. I'd only gone off what that, how they were painted publicly. Mm. So I yeah, th- didn't think very highly of them. That's why initially one of the things I wanted to do was to go there and s- try and set an example or be one of the leading, right. leading guys to kind of change the image. But I was just uh, kind of taken back by how accommodating some of the player agents, especially the player agents association that I mentioned are and kind of the level of camaraderie that you don't really hear about behind things because I guess no one really finds that interesting and only want to report on turmoil. But I feel like there's, um, yeah, there's some really great players out there that have been really courteous and have offered me advice. Uh, it's not as if we're all rivals. Mm. Uh, and I understand that some people might have rivals within it. I mean, everyone does in every yeah. profession. But, yeah, yeah there's a lot, lot of friendship and camaraderie that I didn't expect either. So, so let's go to the kind of romantic, well, in my brain, the most romantic and exciting part of the job. It's, it's finding players. How, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned before that you're trying to... Obviously, you're looking at Queensland, New South Wales. You mentioned that you're also trying to look into North Queensland in Townsville and in Victoria. How how do you go about that? And and is it just Australia? Do you, do you do you look outside of Australia? Well, I actually have a few Pacific Island players. Like I have several Fijians and a player from PNG. Mm. So far, with um, I might actually have another one from PNG by the end of the week uh, sent through a contract. But um, yeah, I just kind of worked on uh, building some contacts. In um, those countries, like for instance, I had um, David Wesley, a former Raiders legend from the '90s. He reached out and told me he's got connections in PNG, and he'd really like to, you know, create some sort of affiliation. So he's um, going to start, yeah, really recommending me some elite players from there. Uh, my Fiji connection actually came about because I started managing uh, Fiji in, in Australia. Um, I'd, I'd done some research on him, um, then reached out to him via Facebook and. Yeah, he was very keen and, you know, thanked me for believing in him. And then he kind of shared my posts about signing him. And then all, all of a sudden, um, Fijians uh, in bulk started liking my page <laughs> and messaging me. And they're the friendliest people in the world too. Some of them just wanted to wish me well and, you know, wish me luck with my business, which was very nice. And, mm. yeah, all of a sudden my, uh, my page started growing. And, um, yeah, so now I've got a lot of Fijian players I look after and, you know, arguably more on the way. Um, it's a bit tough now during uh, COVID to get them visas and things. So I don't want to, you know, sign. It's way too many at the moment because, yeah, it can. I don't want to let people down just because the, yeah. the, you know, the borders closed and things like that, and I can't get them any talent. But uh, how I started first was I just did a little bit of marketing in Sydney and Brisbane, and then uh, a couple of people inquired. I signed them, and I guess they thought I was doing a good work because they recommended their friends and teammates to me and then right. all of a sudden I was, I was yeah, it just started to snowball a little bit and now I have a great team of elite players that um, of all ages and, you know, different backgrounds that I manage. So when you see things like um, Volandi's talking about introducing the three grades again, does something like that excite you as a player agent or, or has no real impact on, on what's happening with you? I think it's an exciting idea and I 100% black, back Volandi's as a person and decision maker. So I think if he... He has a vision that, uh, that it's going to work. I 100% back it. Okay. I think it's hard to go against him based on what he's done so far since he's taken the realm, really. And when you look at things like the Cavite Silver Tails and, and um, uh, Silk Tails, oh, I always say Silver Tails, the Cavite Silk yeah. Tails and, and uh, the PNG team that are playing in, a, in the different cups in Australia, is that also something where you, you see a real pathway and a real growth market for you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I um, manage one of the Silk Tails players. Right. Um, so, yeah, he always keeps me updated with how they're going. But they, they're a very professional outfit themselves. 
and they've all come up, they're all coming over to play in, um, in the Ron Massey competition. Yeah. And uh, I think in years to come, you'll see them go in the New South Wales Cup and then hopefully, you know, sky's the limit for them because mm-hmm. they, it's a largely rugby union town, but all of a sudden they've got, you know, 20 plus domestic league teams and I've got lots of rugby union players from Fiji reaching out to me saying they want to switch codes and things like that. So it seems like rugby league's really uh, on the rise in Fiji especially. And so communicating with players before you said Facebook was how you communicated with one of them. Is that the normal way that you would you would find um, players in contact with them? And is that the kind of way that you would want any player listening now to get in contact with you through Facebook? Well, uh, I think I've talked about, yeah, the usual way of scouting players or the traditional way was rocking up to schoolboy yeah, and schoolgirl yeah. competitions and during the weekend competitions and going to Jersey Flag and all the different cups and kind of talking to coaches and talking to kind of feeling the beat a little bit, if you will, uh, and then uh, finding out who's not managed and ask, you know, if they're a talented player, making inquiries to whether they'd be interested in signing with you. Um, but, yeah, there's I've done a lot through, yeah, research and watching games from uh, seasons past, or at least highlights, and uh, located players and either reached out to – because I've got lots of contacts with team managers and things right. like that, either getting in contact with the team managers or trying to do it directly – and that's the, the beauty of social media because, yeah, you do have this direct link to, to players. Mm. What about, have you seen as well that New South Wales Rugby League is creating a TV thing as well on social media? So they'll be streaming all of those things, all of their all yeah. of their grades. That sounds like an excellent um, development as well for, for, for kids trying to show off their, their talents for teams and agents. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And Queensland have the same thing happening. So right. there's going to be a, yeah, a lot of football available. <laughs> I don't know what my partner's going to say about it, but I'll be watching it even more than usual. So what are you looking for then in that scouting thing? I know I know one of the obviously big ones you said is that they're not already managed, but you're watching yeah. videos like that or, or live streams like that. What specifically do you look for when you're scouting? Well, uh, rugby league talents is uh, first and foremost the most important thing, obviously. Um, but I'm a big, big fan of watching the people that are clearly working hard. They're not just the flashy players. Um, you want, I guess. Then once you've identified them, you get talking with them. You want to kind of see that they're motivated and have a kind of endearing attitude. Because I guess the last thing you want is um, someone that's going to cause you lots of trouble, and you're going to have to do a lot of stuff for them. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan of the hard workers and people that really put in. Um, you know, like yeah, you, you see a kid equivalent of Mitch Orbison that can just <laughs> so versatile and you know just trying his guts out. I think stuff like that's really endearing to me. Um, over, yeah, you know, the players with the shiny boots that like to put on steps. <laughs> okay. And the and you kind of answered this question before, but I just wanted to be super clear. The reason why a player would need an agent or, or should, I mean, they, they don't need an agent, but the best the best reason why um, a player should take on an agent is for that advocacy you were talking about before about it's hard to, to put yourself out there and talk about how great you are and then also to, take all that rejection. Or is there something else that I've kind of missed that is the really the biggest reason why you'd need an agent? Yeah, there, there is that um, acting as the middleman and think the, the advocacy part of it. But then there's also contract negotiation as well. So people without, I guess, right. much commercial sense um, when it comes to negotiating terms in their contracts, bonuses, how many years versus how much, the, the dollar amount, things like that, uh, things that they haven't really had to consider. Um, that it's Agents, uh, that's what arguably their most important job as they become senior players because you're trying to get them as much money as possible and justify your agent's commission. Because if you're just getting them a deal that they could have negotiated themselves, then, you know, it's 
it, well, yeah, yeah, while that you have other things that you offer them, then you're kind of losing out on your most important trait. So, I mean, you see lots of players and you wonder, oh, geez, how did they get that deal? It's well, they had a manager that really got, that got them that deal and got the club to believe what you were saying and yeah. in their ability. Yeah, right. Okay. So then that, let's, I, I believe in your ability. So tell me where you are in 12 months. Let's, let's assume that the COVID um, thing is, is on the same track it is now where everything's starting to open up borders between Queensland and New South Wales have opened up. Everything's looking pretty good. You're seeing lots of football. Um, and so where is Strive Player Agency, do you think, in 12 months? Best case scenario. Well, my plan is to keep the number of players I manage growing and to kind of branch out into some also untapped markets such as in Africa and even Europe in some spots that aren't really not well known for their rugby league or they are known for their rugby league, but their players haven't really got a connection with Australia. I um, also have uh, a friend that's coming through the ranks who's considering uh, becoming an agent as well and He's a fellow lawyer like myself, so I wouldn't mind actually doing a partnership with him. So that way we could take on twice as many people. Mm. And, yeah, I might, might even expand to start getting um, scouts in some of those areas that I spoke about, even areas such as WA and places like that. So I'm um, not sure how exactly that would work in terms of, uh, you know, what's in it for them or if I just, you know, try to expand for other agents or anything. But, uh, yeah, I'd really like to try and cover – uh, other areas uh, nationally as well as internationally so that I can really expand and see lots of different talent around the world. That sounds fantastic because this podcast is all about growth of rugby league and it's great to hear that there are agents who are also hungry and see value in, in players all over the world. Now, I know we have a lot of players that listen, some that are already signed and some that aren't. What what message would you kind of pitch to them now um, to anyone listening and who you know who you want to get in contact with you? Well, I guess if you want to be managed by an agent who will regularly contact you to provide advice, guidance and support and to help you kind of develop your game as a rugby league player and as a person, then by all means contact Stripe Player Agency and myself to discuss having me represent you because not only do I offer you know, advice relating to rugby league, as a practicing lawyer, I can provide legal advice. I also work with a nutrition and fit- fitness expert to help uh, outside of football as well and I have pathways with um you know, getting uh, people places to study and things like that. So I feel like I offer a, a larger package than just the average uh, player agent. And, yeah, I really feel like um, I'm, as my business expands, I can really help people take their game to the highest level possibly and realise their dreams. Well, this sounds – I almost want to just go and play football just so I get signed by you. <laughs> so exciting. Mate, it's not too late. Never too late. <laughs> well, I certainly need the nutritionist and all of that <laughs> – <laughs> that thing as well in my life, I can tell you. Uh, okay, well, Michael, yeah, no, as he's doing, meal, as he's doing, sorry, as he's doing meal plans for some of the other players, I'm like, oh, maybe I should follow some of these plans. <laughs> Fruit and vegetable, you think? Interesting. I, I vaguely remember my mum saying something about that, but uh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> exactly, who would have thought? Um, yeah, sorry, just where you can find me too is um, you can find Strive online and on the socials. So you can either visit www.striveplayeragency.com.au for more information. Or by searching at Strive Player Agency or just Strive Player Agency NRL on Facebook. Now, brother, that's that's the questions and comments I've got. Please, uh, if there's something else that you want, you wanted to say or get in before we finish, let me know. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I just want to quickly uh, plug where you could find me because there's no point delivering a great message if they don't know how to follow up. No, no, I completely agree. Um, okay, well, this is this has been great, sir, and I I strongly and severely um, I hope that it goes well. Get around. Strive Player Agency, if that's something you need in your life. Thanks, Michael. This has been great. Thank you. 
Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own. Thank you.